Hello, and welcome to the Idaho Reports podcast. I'm Logan Finney. About a week after the May primary election, the Idaho Secretary of State's office announced a group of eight counties that would be examined in the first post-election integrity audit conducted by the state of Idaho under a new law that was passed this legislative session. Joining me this week to discuss those audits, I'm joined by the Jerome County Elections Director, Cy Lutens, and Bonneville County Elections Director, Helena Welling. Thank you two for joining me this morning. Morning. Thank you. Um, so Helena, I wanted to start with you. You are in Bonneville County and had six precincts reviewed by the Secretary of State's office. What was that process like for you on the ground? It was kind of exciting, actually. We are so confident in our voting system and how we have prepared everything that we're kind of looking forward to seeing how the audit went. And it actually went so smoothly and so quickly we were done in record time. It was really an awesome experience. And Sai, over in Jerome County, they reviewed every precinct, not just a random selection. How did that go for you? Um, I think it went well. Uh, we got done quickly as well. It was it was an interesting process. Obviously, this is the first time we've, we've ever had the audit. So not knowing what to expect and then when it actually happened, it, it, it went really well. And like we've referenced, this is the first time one of these audits has officially been conducted. Um, and we had Deputy Chief Secretary of State Chad Houck on the broadcast show on Friday, and he talked a little bit about those findings, um, the preliminary findings. But just this morning when we're recording Wednesday morning, the Secretary of State's office has released those third day of findings um, from the remaining counties that they were reviewing. And it seems like pretty well across the board, everything that they checked came in within one or two or, you know, a single digit number of votes well within the acceptable margin. I guess this is kind of an open-ended question, but did either of you expect there to be any issues from this audit, or do you think it was more of just a, a precautionary measure? Um, I didn't. I didn't expect anything. Um, I've been doing elections for eight years, and we haven't had any issues yet. So obviously, we we have our procedures and and do our things, and and yeah, no, I wasn't expecting any issues. It was just, you know. This, the only scary part was that this is the first time and, you know, you don't know what to expect and who's going to show up. And But, no, everything went well. Same here. Yeah, like we are so confident in our um, equipment. Uh, we test these machines so thoroughly before the elections. They are not connected to Internet at any point. So there's no messing around with things. We we seal them. We verify everything, and we organize everything so well that we were totally confident everything was going to go okay, and it did. It was hundred percent right on, right on the money. Before these audits were put into place, what sort of security measures or you know tracking measures? What do you do in the county clerk's office just on the regular day to day? to make sure all of these different ballots that you're sending out and receiving and counting on election day and having to store in case there's an audit or a recount, there's a lot that goes onto an election. So what what are kind of the ground base level measures that you guys take in the clerk's offices to make sure that all these ballots are kept track of accurately? Uh, there, there are a lot of, of different tracking methods. Um, first of all, we use our electronic poll books um, so all those ballots are actually printed at the precinct when someone comes in to vote. It's not printed until they've signed the poll book. So we don't have ballots, you know, stacks of ballots that someone could try to get their hands on or anything like that. We just have blank paper. Um, and even that is all locked up in our ballot boxes before the election and after. 
And if we have these little tags here, it's hard to see, but poll books and um, ballot boxes have these little tags with these numbers and they're all tracked. Um, and a little piece of paper goes into the ballot box with that number on it, two people sign it. So when the ballot box gets opened, we know that no one's changed that little, little lock um, since the last time it was locked. Um, we, have, we have plenty of, of ways to keep track. So we do have a little different system because we do pre-print our ballots. Um, we don't have the air ballot like some counties do, but we do um, record all the ballots, the numbers of them. We keep them secured. We count them time and time again. Um, they have all cover sheets. They're sealed when they go to the polling places. And our chief judges, when they open those sealed packages, they count them at that time to make sure that it matches our count. They count them at the end of the night to make sure that they have the correct number of ballots at that point as well. We also use seals in all of our equipment. We compare those numbers when the equipment comes back to our office to make sure it matches, it has not been tampered with, things like that. But there are a lot of other security uh, systems in place as well. Um, we could go on probably forever mm -hmm. telling you um, the cameras we have all over the the office that catch everything. Our ballots are secured in a secure room where there are um, cameras inside there, lights on 24 seven, you know, just a lot of different things like that. We always have at least two people with ballots. Um, again, we also use those electronic poll books, which are great because they talk with our computers. So we know when, um, person has gone and, and voted. So if they try to come on election day after they've come to their polling place and vote an absentee ballot in our office, turn it in, our system would not accept it. So there's just a lot of different um, variety of things. Again, the big thing for me is that our systems are not connected to internet. And that's huge. Yeah, I know nationally that was a, a concern that was brought up a number of times with these allegations of, of manipulation or voter fraud. Correct. Um, and so this audit starts in a similar place but goes a different direction than a simple recount. If, you know, results of an election were within a certain margin under the state law, you're allowed a recount for free within certain margins. Um, so... People may be familiar with a recount, but an audit does different things and is looking for different results. Are you able to explain, um, Sai, let's start with you, how an audit is different from a recount and what exactly it's looking for? So I have um, not had the pleasure of doing a recount yet. So uh, <laughs> just the audit now. But basically the recount, um, we're going to be doing what we did on election night of counting those ballots with our machine and making sure that the numbers we got match what we've counted the second time. Um, the audit, what they did is they looked at our numbers from our machine and they actually hand counted every single ballot. The three people had the stacks of ballots and said, you know, candidate A, candidate B, and they went through every single ballot. We had almost 2,600 ballots. And so with a recount, um, usually it's done one precinct at a time. And if it's, if it's um, not within that certain small margin, a candidate can pay to have a recount by precinct, uh, but this was done by every single precinct, um, and it was done in a lot different fashion. When the audit itself was actually happening, were there any county election staff that were involved in that, like with getting ballots for the Secretary of State staff or putting them in stacks or anything? Or was it all just the Secretary of State's office there just to double check your guys' work? 
So how it worked for us is um, when we were selected for the audit, uh, the two sheriff's deputies came and, and sealed up our vault with evidence tags with our county clerk. Um, and then on the day that uh, the audit occurred, the sheriff's deputies came back and they actually cut those seals with the secretary of state's office present. And then the deputies, myself, and the secretary of state's um, employees and the two people who were appointed to help count, we all moved those ballots into our conference room. With our case, um, we did ask, and I'm sure that in Jerome, you might have had help too. We had like nine people who were our poll workers under oath who came and helped sort those ballots. And then it was the Secretary of State's office representative and the representative from the Democratic and um, Republican Party who actually did the tallying. And in that process, we were able to use one of our um, office staff. And that person, all they did was verify that um, as the name was um, announced who got the tally mark, that that was actually the right name that was called out. And that was the role of our person in there. Otherwise, our office, we did help just move the ballots, give the ballots to the people so they could sort them and do that, that kind of thing. Yeah, we, we also had um, the elections directors from Twin Falls, Gooding and Lincoln counties who came just to observe. And then the Secretary of State's office had them help sort as well. So they got to participate. <laughs> A little sneak preview if they're the ones that get drawn next yeah. time, huh? Exactly. <laughs> so I want to go over a couple of numbers here. I've got the one sheet from the Secretary of State's office when they reviewed your guys' counties. Um, across all of the precincts in Jerome County, they reviewed about 2,574 ballots. Across six precincts in Bonneville County, they reviewed about 2,196 ballots. So just between your two counties, they reviewed uh, 4,770-ish ballots. And, you know, that goes up and down based on you know, someone may have filled out a ballot but not voted in the governor's race or various things. Um, and looking here, it says that Bonneville County, they found no issues. Um, maybe one variation that was a ballot that someone had messed up and then got discarded. Um, in Jerome County, there were three variations, they said. Two of those were light markings that maybe didn't get picked up by a counter. Uh, and one was... Um, a, a miscommunication with a ballot that wasn't retrieved. So nothing big enough to sway an election. And if there was something that didn't quite line up, it was explainable. It was a, a human error, like a piece of paper got set in the wrong stack or a ballot box didn't get marked dark enough. Um, what sort of education do you do with voters to ensure that these sort of machine issues don't happen on election day. Logan, if I may, I want to address when you said got discarded, that sounded a little bit fishy to me. Sorry, like yeah. I said, all the, yeah, please, all please. the numbers matched. Yeah. So what happened is um, our system, our voting system is so precise, it detects any small markings. So when our poll workers are trained, they are told to tell people to ask for a new ballot if they mismark a ballot. So you might have a, a, a race where a voter started to mark one box and they all go, oops, I didn't mean that. And it might be just one little dot. And then they mark another box, the one that they really wanted. Well, the machine is gonna say, oh, there is a mark in there. So if there's an overvote. 
when they go to put that into the scanner, our scanner has been programmed in such a way that it'll actually spill out that ballot the first time you try to put it in. And it'll say, you have an overvote. The screen tells the voter everything. You have an overvote. Do you wish to cast a ballot as it is? If you do, basically, then they know that that race, in that race, their vote is not going to count. So that's what that disregarded comment of yours, that's where it will come to play. The, the, it's the voter that determines that they're going to go ahead and vote it that way anyway. Does that make sense? That makes sense, and so, yes. Yes. So the voters should always be very careful when they mark these ballots, and they should never feel bad about coming to the poll worker and say, I messed up, can I please get a new ballot? Do you know what I mean? So it's also important. All those little markings are machines are very, very particular and they catch on those because we want to make sure that the voter gets their vote read exactly like it's supposed to be. Definitely. And that's that's on me. I shouldn't have just said you guys threw away a ballot for no reason. I should have been more specific. <laughs> Basically, the voter decided to go ahead and cast it the way it was. So. So there are two different ways this can be done, the reconciliation. One is when um, the machine is programmed so that the voter can make that determination. They can say, oh, I don't want to go ahead and get a new ballot. I'm just going to vote it as it is. I don't care. And they make the decision to go ahead and cast that ballot that way, knowing that that's going to be an overvote and not count. Or, you know, absentee ballots, those are the ones that we get into our office, that are mailed to our office, and those are centrally counted, and they go through our central counting system. When we put those through the scanner, then um, our system will um, alert about overvotes. And we have at least two people looking at that ballot at that point and saying, can we, without a question, determine the voters intent in this? So if there's like a really tiny spot in one box and fully colored in box in another box, we can pretty much determine the voters intent, but we always have at least two people looking at it. So that's the only time we reconcile those ballots. But at the polling place, it, it's actually the voter themselves that reconciles that ballot. That was very helpful. Thank you. You're welcome. Sai, is there anything you want to add or highlight that Jerome does differently than Bronneville? So um, our ballots are actually all counted central. So we don't, they don't get put into the machine at each precinct. Um, so like the, we had the two ballots that were lightly marked. So it was the same thing where they'd filled in a circle and then they'd accidentally put a mark on another ballot. Um, so if they just did that in one race, as we count them through, if the machine doesn't spit that out, then it would get count, all those other races would get counted and the one that they recounted would be left as a blank. So technically they voted, the machine um, knew that it voted overvote, so had two marks. And so it just counted it as, as not counting. Um, and then that, that third ballot that we had, um, what happened there is we had two precincts in one location and they put their ballot in the wrong ballot box. So it was counted on election night and the machine knows that it's from that other precinct. It was just in the ballot box of the other precinct. Um, so it sounds like this audit went pretty smoothly, pretty painlessly for you guys. It seems like it fit in pretty well with the procedures that the county clerks already used to keep ballots secure and elections uh, accurate. Were there any lessons or new things that you learned in this auditing process that you'll think you'll implement moving forward? Um, having those other counties there to help um, was actually really helpful. They um, kind of, you know, we kind of shot ideas as they were counting and 
and you know this is what we do on election day this is what we do um, we've had this issue before this is what we've done to fix it and so kind of having us all there as as it was all going on because on election night you know we don't talk to those other counties we talk the day after we're like you know this is this is what happened to us yesterday but having people there while the ballots were being counted and, and kind of discussing the, the issues that we come across on election day um, that was really helpful and i think what it, what we're going to implement in the future is having those um, precinct counters like they have, um, like Helena has, during our um, early voting and absentee voting, because that seems to be what takes us the longest to count as a central count on election night. So if we have that done and ready to put into the computer at nine o'clock when we need to submit that data to the Secretary of State, it's going to make election night go a lot a lot better than having to count those, you know, all, it, it took us over an hour because we had so many ballots. So that's an hour saved on election night. So that's definitely something we're going to implement in the future. Helena, what about your office? You know, I don't mean to brag, <laughs> but things went so well that I don't see a lot of things where we can approve. I mean, we are humans and we might make mistakes here and there, maybe not catch the ballot right when they're sorting, maybe they didn't find the, all the ballots at one time, but we made sure at the end we had 100% of the ballots, things like that. But it, the organization worked out wonderfully. And people that we had here doing the work, they were awesome. Um, yeah, I can't really say that we're going to change anything unless the, the way they audit things will change, then that would be a whole different thing. Yeah, that could happen. This was only the first one. so. <laughs> That's right. That's right. Um, and is there anything that we haven't discussed today that the two of you want to bring up? Feel like I've forgotten anything? I think I would like to say this, that um, when people listen to media and they listen to things that happen everywhere else in the country, if they have concerns, I would invite them to come and maybe visit us in person, call us, get involved, come and become poll workers, you know, see the system for themselves. We're very transparent and very, we have wonderful people in elections. We all try to do our very best to make sure that everything is going smoothly and we have high level of integrity. So we welcome that. Yeah, I, I think that's a good point. Um, you know, you hear everything on, on TV or the radio or whatever about you know, all these issues, all these people had with their ballots or, you know, they're trying to pull one over on someone. But, you know, our our audit was open to the public. We're open to the public and nobody showed up. You know, no media came, no no people came to watch. I think we had one person stick their head in the building in the room like, what's going on in here? You know, why are there people in the conference room at 10 o'clock in the morning? And, and that's all, you know, that's the only person who showed up. So if you're if you're really concerned, you know, you need to put in the effort to to come talk to us, come see what we're doing, ask us questions, because the people you watch on national cable news are not talking about what's happening at your local county elections office. And so you're getting the wrong information. So if you want the true information, you need to talk to us directly. Get it from the source is always the best way. Yeah. And, I, and our audit shows, obviously, that we know what we're doing and we're doing it well. So come talk to us. <laughs> All right. Cy Lutens from Jerome County, Helena Welling from Bonneville County. Thank you both so much for your time today. You're welcome. Thank you. Thanks. 
presentation of Idaho Reports on Idaho Public Television is made possible through the generous support of the Laura Moore Cunningham Foundation, committed to fulfilling the Moore and Bettis family legacy of building the great state of Idaho. By the Friends of Idaho Public Television and by the Corporation for Public Broadcasting.